Good morning, everybody. Boy, it looks like Good a morning. full house out there. This is great. Um, would you stand and sing with us, please? Let's worship. Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh Lord, we cast down our idols. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another and oh god let us be a generation that seeks that seeks your face oh god of jacob and oh god let us be a generation that seeks that seeks your face oh god of jacob we bow our hearts we bend our knees Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh, Lord, we cast down our idols. Give us clean hands. Give us your hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us your hearts. Let us not Lift our souls to another, and oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your face, oh God of Jacob, and oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. Uh, you can be seated. Happy third Sunday of Lent. Welcome to worship, especially those of you outside. Uh, it's so good to see and hear you all this morning. Uh, give us a wave or a toot on the horn. Ah. <laughs> Welcome to worship. Uh, announcements. Please consider a donation to Mobility Worldwide. I think there's a, a pet a mobility chair out, out front. Uh, we'll be collecting for this ministry until April 4th. Our communion offering today will benefit the United Methodist Committee on Relief, uh, asking that you please bring individually wrapped non-chocolate candy for our egg hunt on Palm Sunday. Today is the last day to order Easter lilies. Envelopes are available in the Welcome Center. Church cleanup day is March 13th at 9 o'clock with breakfast at 8.30. A list of projects was sent via email on the 2nd. If you can't physically help, please consider making a donation to help replace plants killed by the recent freeze. Any help would be very much appreciated. And please continue to make reservations for indoor worship with the office by noon on Wednesdays. I think Roy had a something he wanted to say. Are you here? 
What I want to bring out two real quick things. The new air conditioner is complete. Inside there are MERV 13 health filters, supposed to get the bugs. If that doesn't get it, there's four UV lights, two on either side, that is also supposed to get the bugs. So, but it's all complete now. So hopefully we're all a whole lot safer inside. I would like to ask again for next weekend, if it rains, we'll put it off a week. That's why we scheduled it so early. But just so you know, I'm 79 years old. I'll be here to work. If you can sign up, I know we don't have a, a lot of spring chickens in here, but we're not going to assign you any job that you can't handle. In other words, you say, I can't do that. Well, you won't have to. In other words, we got little stuff, some raking and some just basic cleanup stuff. So I'll be in the back after church signing up people if you want to sign up, and we're going to have breakfast. The more people we get, the bigger the breakfast we're going to have. So come join us. Thanks. My scripture reading this morning is Exodus 20, 1 to 17. And God spoke all these words. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates." For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. And would you pray with me, please? God of life, we thank you for the gift of life and for all the gifts you give us. Fill our hearts with the things that make life so good faith, hope, and love. We admit that we have not always lived lives of love. We ask that you forgive and heal us, empty us of fear and shame, and fill us with love that is patient and kind. As we come to the table this morning, remind us of how your son turned the world upside down. 
lead us in forgetting the unimportant things and concentrating on the things that matter for your kingdom. Teach us to walk in love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's good to see all of y'all here on this beautiful morning. What a beautiful morning, huh? Another uh, gorgeous winter day. Wow, wow. My grandmother, my mother's mother, was one of the best spiritual teachers I ever had. And I hope some of y'all had a similar experience with some of your parents or grandparents or other people that brought you up. After all, that's part of what we are supposed to do in a Christian community. We're supposed to pass our faith on to the generations that are coming up so that it can continue, right? It can continue. I've said this story before, and I may have briefly mentioned the one I'm going to mention in a minute, but my grandmother absolutely would not work on Sunday. She thought Sunday was the Sabbath. But that's okay. That's okay. The, the, you know, Paul tells us it doesn't matter what day we observe, but we ought to observe a day. Just like Carl read there out of Exodus chapter 20. You know, that's one of the two places you find the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. We're supposed to observe the Sabbath. That never went away despite some of the things we do. And I've used this story before. If you were walking out of the house on Sunday morning to go to church and you popped a button and you asked my grandmother to replace it, she'd say, tough. She's, she, no, no, actually what she would say was, I don't sew on Sunday. That's what she would say. I don't sew on Sunday. And as I say, she was a very, very great influence on me, probably spiritually uh, more than any of my relatives. My grandmother was also an excellent cook. I never saw her use a cookbook. She was born in 1896, and her mother died when she was an infant. And so she grew up doing a lot that many children don't grow up doing. And among them, uh, at a very early age, she started cooking for the family. She was one of those people where everybody knew she was a good cook, and if she invited you over to eat, you would happily show up early to, to have whatever my grandmother made. And she made a particularly good tuna casserole. Now, some of you may not like tuna casserole, but that's neither here nor there. She made a really good tuna casserole, and one day she had some folks over for lunch, and she made tuna casserole, and they're sitting there eating the meal and just raving over, this is the best tuna casserole they've ever eaten, you know, and, and giving all sorts of compliments to my grandmother. Miss Pet is what we called her, or Petsy is what her grandchildren called her. That's what we referred to her as, but... And she looks over, and she had a big kitchen in her house, and the, the kitchen table was sort of here, and one of the, the main kitchen counter that she used for preparing things for cooking was about over there where Kathy and Sharon are. 
And she, she looked over there at the counter, and there she saw two cans of tuna. And, uh, and she realized she had made tuna casserole without the tuna. So she, 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 even despite the compliments she's getting from everybody, so she gets up, you know, and ask, I guess she was ask everybody if they wanted more tea or water or whatever. And, and she gets up and discreetly walks over there and gets those two cans of tuna and puts them in the, in the drawer there. In the, in the cupboard. The simple point is, I don't know what she made, but it wasn't tuna casserole. It wasn't tuna casserole. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the second chapter of the Gospel of John. You know, the first part of the second chapter of the Gospel of John is where Jesus turns water into wine. The first of the signs that John puts in his gospel. And John is against the flow here. He doesn't go along with the synoptic gospels. In the synoptic gospels, Jesus overturns the tables in the, in the, uh, in the temple and the tables of the money changers and those selling animals and whatnot during his last week. It's during what we refer to as Holy Week after Jesus has entered Jerusalem. Now, you really could argue, if you wanted to, John doesn't say this isn't Holy Week. He just places it in a different place in his gospel. And there, and there are some things in here that would lead one to think it still was Holy Week. But I think he put it here, I know he put it here for a very specific reason. You see, John lists specifically seven miracles that Jesus did. But he tells us that Jesus did many, many more miracles. John even says, it's in John where it says that even if, if you wrote down everything Jesus did, he figured all the books in the world couldn't contain it. And of course, that's hyperbolic speech, but it's, the point is that Jesus did many, many things that he didn't record in the Gospel of John. John cherry-picked. He picked specific miracles to convey specific points about Jesus and Jesus' divinity. And I believe he also deliberately chose to put the incident that Jesus had in the temple up front in his gospel rather than at the end. Consider the word of the Lord. The Passover of the Jews was near. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Remember, you always go up to Jerusalem. You go down to Jericho. You go down to other places, but you always go up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. 
Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who gives us all good things, God who always points us to life, abundant life, in your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I think, just to put it real simply, Jesus was upset because here was the temple and they left God out. You know, it's one thing to leave an ingredient out of a recipe, but it's a serious, serious thing when you leave God out of your worship altogether. And Jesus didn't like it. Didn't like it at all, understandably. And he was also trying, trying over and over again to point the people back to God, back to God. He was, besides being, you know, our Lord and Savior, the Son of God, God incarnate, he still also acted as a prophet. And he did the things that the prophets did. Again, trying to point people back toward God. Now, I want us to notice, too, that it said the disciples remembered the Scripture. Now, you have to know something to remember it, right? You have to have experienced it or know it. And it specifically says in John's rendering here of Jesus' turning over the tables and, and driving out the, the money changers in the temple, it says, the zeal of your house will consume me. It said the disciples remembered that. What is that? It's Psalm 69.9 is what that is. And the disciples remembered it because they used it. Psalm 69 says some other things too. And again, we've, we've mentioned this before. And this is an example. And Jesus does this over and over in his teachings. And, and in fact, a couple of times this got him in hot water in his teachings because he would start a scripture or give a few 
words to a scripture and then leave it up to his audience to complete it, to fill in the blanks, so to speak. Well, another thing that I believe Jesus wanted to convey to the people was something that it says further down there in Psalm 69. If you go down in Psalm 69 to verses 30 and 31, it says that I will praise the name of God in song. And I will give thanksgiving, thanksgiving to the Lord. This pleases the Lord more than oxen and what's, what's the other one there? Bulls, bulls, yeah. I don't know. I always, you wouldn't believe it, but I have a lot of time. I always, I have trouble remembering bulls, you know. I, I say enough bull, you think I'd, you, you, you'd think I'd remember that. But praise and thanksgiving is better than that is better than oxen and bulls. And he drives them out of there. He drives them out of there. And again, his disciples are watching him. Again, his disciples see this. You know, another verse that Jesus was fulfilling there was showing, uh, was uh, he was upset, I believe, because the people in, the, in there weren't humble. They weren't humble. It tells us in Micah 6, 8 that we should do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with the Lord. Walk humbly with the Lord, right? And I think Jesus saw some people there that weren't walking too humbly with the Lord. And then there's one, and I think this one's, this one's alluded to in the Synoptic Gospels. In Zechariah, in, in Zechariah, in the 14th chapter, the 21st verse, it says, No longer will traitors be in the temple of the Lord of hosts. Wow. No longer will traitors be in the temple of the Lord of hosts. Jesus didn't want to see them, traitors there, and he ran them out. And then they say to him, they say to him, show us a sign. Show us a sign. Everybody wants to see a sign, right? Show us a sign. And he says, what? Tear this temple down in three days. I'll, and, and in three days, I will raise it up. I will raise it up. And, of course, we celebrate that every Sunday, but we particularly celebrate it at this time of year when we finish Lent here and and we have resurrection morning on the 4th of April that we'll celebrate. Again, they miss the point. As so many times all of us do, Jesus wasn't talking about brick and mortar. He was talking about the temple of his body and the temple of all our bodies and what God wants our temples filled with. God wants our temples filled with the Holy Ghost, and with what? Steadfast love and knowledge of the Lord. That's what God wants us to be filled with. Where do I get that? I get that out of Hosea. Okay, Hosea 6.6 6 is a great one. This is what our temples should be filled with. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. 
And so Jesus says, this temple, again, and this is why, this is why I think this still happened during Holy Week. It's just that John chose to put it at the first of his gospel. Because again, Jesus is having the conversation with the scribes and the Pharisees there in the temple courts. And he says, you know, tear this temple down, and in three days I will raise it up. So this morning, particularly, as we come to the table, I want us to ask ourselves, what is my temple filled with this morning, today? What can I say my temple is filled with? Is it filled with steadfast love and the knowledge of the Lord? The good news is, if you don't think it's filled with steadfast love and the knowledge of the Lord, then there's ample grace at the table for you to get the steadfast love and the knowledge of the Lord that we all need. And there's also grace at the table to turn over anything in your life, anything in your life that needs to be turned over to God and turned around. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable time to do anything like that. God gives all of us a new day every day. Thanks be to God. That's a good thing. Now go in peace. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.